What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Dama back on the show. You guys know where to find us on Twitter. But the Wizards have been winning some games lately, and they're kind of they kind of solidified themselves into a playing spot at this point. I think Chicago and Toronto are both minimum. I think Toronto's what three and a half back. Chicago's four back. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion at this point that um. Those two shouldn't be considered any longer for a play-in spot. The The teams are locked in. It's just going to kind of be about what order they'll be in. And that's what we're going to spend the bulk of the show talking about today. But, um, I mean, I mean, just first off, general vibes about the team. I mean, over this last stretch of games, I know we didn't record last week, so there's been a decent amount of games um, between the last time we last talked and now. I mean, how you feeling? Uh. I feel better than we last than the last pod. That's for sure. Um, I believe they're now thirteen and three over their last sixteen. Or do I have that wrong? Is it seventeen and four? It's something good. Yeah, it's it's something very good. Um, although I would say over the last couple games, their defense hasn't been to the level that it was last week. Mm-hmm kind of back to some of those old habits of kind of relaxing off shooters and, and collapsing into the paint against non-finishers and leaving 40% shooters wide open. But um, they've been finding a way. It hasn't been pretty, you know, and they've been on the road playing back-to-backs and every game has been close, which is, you know, that's how you want it. That's what the good teams do. The good teams, they either blow you out, you know, or if they lose, it's going to be within a possession. So, uh yeah, they, they've been looking good. Yeah, I, you know it sucks because all the games that we've lost recently have been, like you said, within – it's like a one-possession game, and it hurts that much more that it has to end that way. But it is good that at least they're not getting blown out anymore. I mean, throughout the entire game, I mean, they seem really competitive and they seem engaged, and I think the majority of the credit for that deserves to go to Russell Westbrook who has just been playing 100 miles per hour the whole game. You know, sure, he has a mistake here and there who doesn't, but for the most part, I mean, his energy is infectious. And um, when you have energy-based guys like Bertans and and Neto and Beal to an extent, you know, I I think that it just rubs off on the entire team and um, everyone can sort of just get into a rhythm. And, you know, like I said, they're just engaged the whole game. So, I mean... um, Russell Westbrook, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we probably wouldn't have even considered a top 20 point guard um, because he simply just didn't look like it. Um, but, I mean, what a turnaround. I mean, it's almost to the point now where you might want to consider him for third team for All-NBA because he's just had that amazing of a turnaround. I mean, what do you make of Russ? Yeah, I mean, if they had a if they had an All-NBA for, you know, mid-March through April, and he would be on it. I mean, he's been playing He's been playing at the level that, you know, was expected for him to play at when we acquired him, you know. And, you know, he admitted that he was playing on a torn quad, which I don't fault him for. I never fought the player for playing through injury. I always look at kind of like the front office, like why, you know, why would you do that? But, um, yeah, he's been playing his ass off. And even even with the some of the bad shooting nights, like he's been he's been able to control pace and elevate other guys, and then in the fourth quarter, make proper decisions and not turn the ball over. That was always my main thing with him. Is that like, yeah, it's one thing to be inefficient shooting, but you can't be inefficient shooting and turning the ball over in the fourth quarter, making bad decisions and not playing defense. Like right. You can't do all three. Um, but then because you got a triple double, I'm just supposed to be like, you know, he had a good game. Like, no, right. Like all triple doubles are created equal. The triple doubles he's getting now are, you know, like I said, shooting aside, the turnovers are down. The decision-making is better. And mm-hmm. he's elevating the guys around him. And, it, and it's, it's, you can see the evidence of that because they're winning, you know? So, right. um, yeah, I've been impressed. Like I said, the last, last month and a half, two months, he's been. 
Yeah, and he's playing like a point guard, and he's being a leader. He's he's rebounding, he's pushing the pace, he's trying to get different guys involved. And I guess my only real issue, um, and this isn't just with Russ, by the way, so this isn't a Russ-specific issue, but I still don't like how they're not getting Bertans involved as much. Like, I still look at the games. I mean, even the games we've won recently, like, he's he's just camping wide open, and they, they just don't make the extra pass. For whatever reason, um, I know that he hasn't been the best shooting the ball. I know he's been on a little bit of a cold streak, I guess, if that's what you want to call it as of late. But um, I mean, still, when you have a shooter like that, I mean, you, you need because there are so many possessions where the offense just looks terrible. And it's like, I would rather you just swing it over and have Bertans take a Jimmer range three pointer than just do whatever they do on offense sometimes. So that's my that's my only real um Gripe as far as offensively and um, Russ. I don't know what it is about Russ specifically with Bertans, but it's like he just doesn't trust him. Um, I mean, have you been noticing that? And I mean, what do you think the issue with that might be? Honestly, I think I don't think it's the trust. I just think they are not all the way in sync yet. Like they don't have that synergy yet. Like like Russ has with Gafford or. Uh, with Beal at times. Like, I think he's, Russ is still trying to figure out where Bertans likes the ball and in what spots, where he's going to be. Because there's been instances where I've watched and I'm like, damn, why didn't Russ pass him that? And then you'll see, you know, you'll see Bertans calling for it and Russ will do something else with it. And then, right. you know, Russ will come back to him and say, my bad, you know, I, I missed you, you know. So I think Russ knows, you know, he he's he's aware of when he misses Bertans. And that's the thing for me. Like, you need to be aware of it so you can fix it. You know, it's not a situation where I feel like he's uh he's looking Bertans off, like he's purposefully not passing to him. I just think he doesn't he hasn't fully figured out where Bertans likes to be, where he's gonna be. They don't have that synergy yet. And I think it'll come as they right. play more with each other. And I think and then also too this offense for me, it doesn't run enough sets for Correct. the shooters. Right. Like we run Brooke Lopez post-ups, Alex Lynn post-ups, pick and roll. We don't run a lot of action to send Bertans off of double spin downs and Matthews misdirection to come off back doors or screens so they mm-hmm. can shoot threes. We don't we don't do enough of that to me. Um right. so yeah um but Russ has definitely been playing, I mean, really, really well. I think it's safe to say at this point um, that the move was good to bring Russ in because I think that there are things that this team needed specifically that Russ is able to provide that John simply would not have been able to. And um, I think the the one biggest thing with that is, like I was saying earlier, just not taking possessions off, not taking games off. Um for the most part, Russell puts together an extremely competitive game um, the whole time. And he's just an on-court leader, right? And you can tell that he has guys' respect. I feel like with John Wall's leadership, um, it was just always sort of, you know, do as I do, not as I say sort of thing, you know. And it, he just seemed like he was a little bit too cool for school at times. Um, and I know that's yeah an issue that a lot of fans have had with him. Um Basically, since he arrived and he evolved into sort of that franchise leader sort of thing. So um, the, the only thing I would say that John would be doing much better than Russ, and we kind of just touched on that, is finding guys. I think that that's something that John excels way better at than Russ, even though the assist numbers may not line up with that. Um, but, I mean, because if, if, if Russell Westbrook had John Wall's vision like that, I mean, Russell Westbrook could have probably like twenty assists a game. Um, yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah, like like I I have I still haven't been able to find the numbers on this, but like I've, the three point assist, like John John is one of the best in the league at finding guys in the corners, definitely in the corners, and then also guys trailing for three pointers, and like I don't know that Russ. Russ hasn't really clicked that yet. Like he he pushes the pace, he pushes the ball, and he kind of forces the issue to the paint. Um, 
but I'm still waiting for him to kind of like manipulate the defense to find shooters because I think we have the shooting on the team. It's just that I don't feel like that is a priority for us to put up three-point attempts. Like we try to get paint points. So, you know, we look to get into the rim. We try to get it to Lopez, Lynn, Gafford, alley-oops. And then if they get doubled, then we kick it out. And I think they could do a little more creativity-wise to to gotta to kind of get those shooters going earlier. So you know, because I think you know we're we're scoring. I think we're averaging only like nine three pointers made a game, which is like bottom two, bottom three in the league. And I mean that's crazy to me when you got a team, Berton, Matthews, Beal, and Neto. Like that's right. That's wild to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall though, the Wizards have been playing some good basketball. Um, Russ has been playing out of his mind and I think that it's fair to give him most of the credit for the winning that they've been doing. We know that Scott Brooks recently won coach of the month, which you and I both know is, is just because of the record. He doesn't actually do anything. Um, (laughs) and then Beal has just been pretty consistent throughout the season with what he does. He, he doesn't make or break the team but we always knew that if the team was going to be really good it was going to have to come from other guys because you know Beal's going to get you his 30 and you know he's going to play an an overall he's going to have an overall positive impact and it was going to be up to other guys around him to step up and along with um, an all NBA caliber point guard and um, you now see guys like Howell Neto I mean even Alex Len um, Daniel Gafford I mean they seem to have a solid group of role players and this is without including um, Thomas Bryant, Denny Abdia, and then Rui Hachimura has also been out with injury here and there. So, um, I mean, before we get too much into the schedule stuff, I mean, what are you making of this this Rui injury stuff? I mean, he was injured, then he was back, and now he's out again. I mean, honestly, I think they should just sit him until he's healthy because I think they'll be fine <laughs> as they close out the season. Um. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Is it? Is it? A, is it? It's an illness. They saying it's not COVID related. But he's sick, so I'm like, okay, well, what does he have? Does he have the flu? Like, what? I don't know what other illness that would put him down where he had to miss a game. Right. Uh, like, that. I mean, maybe they're more strict with protocols. Like, maybe just because of the whole COVID thing. Like, even though it's not COVID, like they're just trying to play it safe. I guess you know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. I'm like, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, what? I just would like to know what it actually is. Like, is it lingering effects of COVID? Because Right. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. I would like to know what it is, but yeah, I think I think he's fine. You know, but it's just kind of weird that they're not saying what it actually is. They're saying it's not COVID. Right. Because Rui also had pink eye, and that kept him out for how long? I don't remember. It was a decent chunk of games, I think. Yeah, it was a pretty good chunk. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, let's go ahead and get into some schedule stuff. So. The Wizards have five games remaining. We play Indiana again on Saturday, which is going to be huge. Um, Then we play Atlanta twice in a row. And then we play Cleveland. And then we close out the season at Charlotte, which is also going to be huge. And that game is at Capital One Arena. So that might be a game you and I had said before uh, we got on that we might have to go to. Um, You know, if that's going to be the difference between – 8th and a ninth seed, which, again, is a huge, huge difference um, in terms of the play-in. So, um, Charlotte has, I think, six. I think Charlotte has six games remaining. Let me see here real quick. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, Charlotte has six games remaining. So, they play Orlando tonight. Um, They play New Orleans. What's up? I was saying their last four. They could legitimately lose their last four. Yeah, um, they have Orlando, New Orleans, Denver, LAC, Knicks, and the Wizards. And four, they have a four-game um, home stretch here coming up. So the uh, the Chicago, sorry, the um, Orlando, New Orleans, Denver, LAC games are all at home. And then they'll finish out the season away at New York and then with us. So, um, I mean, I don't know what you would say both teams need to do here in order for the Wizards to slide up to eight. I mean, I know in terms of the Wizards schedule, 
I mean, to me, you have to go four and one. Um, you have to take care of business against Indiana, Cleveland, and Charlotte, and then just hope for a split between Atlanta. Um, right. I, I, I right. think that that's, I, that's the most realistic and also minimum result that they have to come away with this if they want to get eight. Yeah, that's pretty much where I was at. I mean, I said on Twitter a while ago, like the magic number was 35. Like they got to get to 35. And so they do that, they got an opportunity to be that eighth seed. And it's not really much room for error on it. So they got to kind of split with Atlanta and win their others. Or, you know, win both in Atlanta and maybe drop one. And they have to beat Charlotte uh, that last game. Have to. Um, it, it'd be nice if the Magic could give us some help tonight. Uh, the Charlottes are coming off a 21-point loss to the Bulls last night. Um, so Chicago still thinking they have a chance, which is, you know, oh, it's unrealistic at this point, I think. But, um, you know, Chicago's still playing hard, and they were able to help us out a little bit. Um, Got to hope that Orlando can catch them sleeping tonight on the second night of a back-to-back and uh, try and take away some of Charlotte's momentum coming down the stretch here. Um the team that has actually been making the headlines recently for uh, non-positive reasons is the Pacers, who are currently, what, a half game ahead of us, right? Yeah, half game. They they basically have just played less games. So tomorrow right. it's kind of must win as right. well. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, the, the Pacers have been in the news. Um, Miles Turner has been out for a while, and, and that's been a big blow to them. Um, TJ Warren has been out. Um, and then also, Nate Bjorkgren is probably going to get canned um, after Ooh. the season. I, I don't think those reports would have came out if uh, that that wasn't the direction that they were going to go in. Like, you would just say, like, I don't know, like, there needs to, to be more time or, or something like that. And considering they're also in a, in a play-in scenario, those reports would not have come came out unless they were – I'm going to can him. So, I mean, Bjorkren's probably going to get canned. Um, the chemistry is probably a disaster. I mean, e- even if we do get 10 and the Pacers finish at nine, I mean, to me, that's not really a problem. Um, I still think we'd be able to beat Indiana either way. But, I mean, what do you I mean, make of the Pacers? Yeah, they're, they're definitely – I mean, firing Nate McMillan was foolish. Stupid. But we all said that when they did it. Like, I just didn't understand how ownership thought core of Malcolm Brogdon, uh, TJ Warren, and Sabonis was like a title core that was somehow underachieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate McMillan was maximizing that team. And now you're seeing they're kind of regressed to the mean once he's gone. Uh, I'm not really surprised by any of this. Um, and they got some interesting decisions to make coming up. <laughs> Yeah, the Pacers also have um let me see here. I'm trying to look at their schedules. They close out one, two, three, four. Okay, the Pacers also have six games remaining here. Um trying to get back to that real quick. I just had it pulled up. Okay, the Pacers do have six remaining. So, obviously, like we just said, they'll play us on Saturday. Then they play Cleveland, Philly, who is still going to be battling for that one seed. Um, Milwaukee, who's still going to be trying to fight to move up. Um, The Lakers, who are still going to be trying to fight. And then Toronto, who is a tough team, even though they're not that great. So, um, I mean... I I definitely think that we finish above Indiana. Um, although I, I would say that Indiana will still probably be ten. I I think at this point it's just between the Wizards and the Hornets who's gonna get eight and nine. If you had a gun to my head, I would say it would be Hornets, Wizards, then Pacers, but I mean, what's your kind of prediction for these three teams here? Uh honestly I really don't know. I mean I I think we're going to definitely get the Pacers um, and be at nine, but that doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really change anything. Um, Only thing that would change something for the Wizards is if they got eight. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just really depends. Like, they will have to win. I mean, if they went four and one down the stretch at minimum, uh, 
and got to 35 wins. I'm just looking here at the schedule. Let me stand this here. So Charlotte is at 32 wins right now. With that's uh, uh six games left. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Charlotte would need to lose four of their next six. The Wizards would need four. Mm-hmm. And one of them being against the Hornets. So we would finish with 35 wins. Charlotte would drop to 34 wins. And then we wouldn't have to worry about tiebreakers. <clears throat> and yeah, we would get eight. But that's really the only scenario I see. Where we right. Can. Yeah. Um. I I still think that the teams we're playing down the stretch are going to put up good fights. Um, I mean, Indiana is obviously probably going to give us a tough time on Saturday. Um, the, the Hawks are, are trying to play up to that yeah. four seed right now to get home court in the first round. So I'm actually looking at this. Um, I thought that the Knicks were going to be close to getting Milwaukee, but I guess Milwaukee's kind of set themselves a little bit apart here. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah, they're a little bit too far. So, I mean, it's really <laughs> going to be the Nets. Right, right. Um, yeah, because Brooklyn's played one more game than they have um, Milwaukee, and then the Hawks have played two more games than Boston and Miami. But all those teams are tied in terms of the loss column. Um, yeah, Miami and Boston are currently. I guess Boston holds the tiebreaker because Boston is higher in the standings. Um, because the they both have the standard? same conference record as two. Wow, or they had the same. Wow. So how does that tiebreaker? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure about how all the tiebreaker stuff works, but um, I mean, one thing's for for certain here in terms of the the seven seed. If we get eight, I would much rather play Boston than Miami. That I know. Oh, for sure, because Boston does not have any depth whatsoever. No. Like, no. in a perfect world, <laughs> yeah, in a perfect world, Miami catches Boston, drops to seven. We pass Charlotte, get eight, and play in. Yep. And I think and, we can beat them <laughs> and go right to seven. <laughs> right. And then you have to hope that Milwaukee can get over Brooklyn as well. Yeah. And then, so, yeah. So then you play Brooklyn as a seventh seed. You know what? Honestly, I'm not opposed to playing the Bucks either. I just know I don't want to play Philly because we have nothing for uh, that front quarter there. <laughs> In terms of those those first three seeds, who I would rather play um, from who I'd most like to play to least, I would go Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn. I the the, the talent still is a thing to me. Um, I don't know what the health statuses are of, of everyone on the Nets. I don't know if like all these guys could be playing and they're just not because they know they have enough talent or if there's seriously something up with this team. Like, are they seriously banged up? Um, but I would still rather play Milwaukee. So I'm hoping Milwaukee can catch Brooklyn in terms of that two seed. I think Philly is mm-hmm. going to end the season with one. Um, so it's really just going to be between Brooklyn and Milwaukee at that point. My only thing with Milwaukee, and we saw this the other night, is when the Wizards decide not to guard the three-point line, they're screwed. And going into a playoff series, I just wouldn't want them to overemphasize on guarding Giannis. And I get that they had to do what they had to do when Rui's out, but if if Rui's going to be healthy... Yeah, yeah. the game plan is a little different with no Rui because you're not doubling Giannis if Rui is playing. Right. Because that's an – like, just leave Rui on an island. I mean, I know Rui has to stay out of foul trouble, and I know that's easier said than done. But there are other bodies that you can put on Giannis. You know, you can yeah. try Garrison Matthews. You can try Chandler Hutchison. You know, there's things they can do, but I just – I don't – Anthony Gill held him to one to five shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you have Rui and Gill able to throw at Giannis, I, th- I think they would find him. So uh, – yeah, you just can't have Bertans down there. Like, that's... 
Because Milwaukee can be had, but when you leave DiVincenzo, Connaughton, Jeff Teague open for three, like you're going to get burned every time. So, um, well, they, I'll leave they, Jeff Teague open, but the rest of them, yeah, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get out there, like I mean, Middleton, yeah, yeah, for sure, like them dudes. That's that's literally what they get paid to do is just to pull up from three. They don't do nothing else, pass nothing, rebound. They don't do none of that. They right. just shoot the three. Um. <clears throat> so, but I think Milwaukee can definitely be had. Um, I mean, I think any of those teams can be had. It's. I know you really don't like the Philly matchup. I don't think I I'm don't as terrified. Philly, and B and beat is just and beat is a monster, man. Like Gafford to be in foul trouble. We'd be out there with Lopez getting bruised up, beat up. Alex Lennon be on five fouls. It'd be bad, man. I just, I, I just think that's just a bad matchup. Like, I don't think they're like more talented than the other teams. I just think for us, it's a bad matchup. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I liked when we played Philly. I think it was that first game of the season. Whenever Embiid touched the ball, they did a hard double, and I'm like, wow, Scott, like this is actually like. Decent coaching. I think if you could do a series like that and just make sure guys know to rotate over to the next shooter, I mean, I think that that's still a good game plan. And and even though I know you said Gafford to be in foul trouble, Gafford would still probably be a good body to throw him. And like the Wizards have been playing three centers anyway, so I think like the only real center that would get like truly exposed against Embiid would be Lopez. But I mean Gafford and Len, like like we were saying with the three center rotation, you can throw guys out there and they don't have to worry about getting in foul trouble or anything like that. I mean, I think that that's a series where you could just try and be really physical with them, be double him, and just kind of make everyone else beat you. Because I think the only one that's going to be real capable of, and not even really taking over a game because that's not really what I mean. He does it sometimes, but I mean the only real other killer is like Tobias Harris because I'm not scared of Ben Simmons. Um, Seth Curry is still really good. Uh, I like Seth yes. Curry. Danny Green is is just a. Danny Green's okay. Um, Danny Green is like, a killer too. I mean, like if we talking about just like we talking about playoffs, championship basketball, like that dude feel like I feel like every playoff game he in, he always hits a killer three pointer. Like, um, yeah. so I, I just think it's a bad matchup for us because I like right now, right. Our our starting small forward is basically a six foot Raul Neto, right? <laughs> like, Neil, I guess, is technically the three. Yeah, but so it's like, okay, could you imagine him trying to guard or match up with Ben Simmons? Like, because the the Philly starting five is going to be Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Harris, and then Embiid. Like who does who the hell does Neto check or guard in that scenario? Um, who I would put. I mean, Neto probably guards Danny Green then, because you'd probably. I mean, unless you put him on Seth Curry, which I think is actually a good matchup, and then you can kind of put Beal on Green. Um, just leave Russ on Simmons. So then, who? So you're putting. So who's got? So you said you put Neto on. Green. Neto on um Curry. Neto on Curry. Okay. Uh who's guarding Ben Simmons? Yeah, what Westbrook. So who's guarding Tobias Harris? Rui. Okay. So then who's so you're going <clears throat> so you're going Russ on Ben. Mm-hmm. Neto on Seth. Yeah, I mean, if there's a playoff game tomorrow, I'm I'm starting Hollow Neto at that two and Beal with a three like they've been doing. I think that's working for them. And so you would have Beal on, on Danny. Uh, Danny Green. Yeah. Because uh, Beal struggles with guys that can kind of beat you off the bounce. And Russ does this too. Like Fred Van Bleet was beating Russ off the bounce all game. Um, yeah. But I, I think the difference is Van Bleet can shoot. Ben Simmons cannot. So I think that if, if Russ knows that going into a series where everything is more detail-oriented and he just kind of sits back. And Russ isn't just a guy safety. that you can move out of the way. Like, like Russ nah, is a sturdy man. fellow. So, yeah, you know. yeah, for sure, for sure. 
And yeah, if you just I have Bill guarding spot shooter, I mean, yeah, you would have Bill on a spot shooter, Neto on a spot shooter, and then Russ guarding the ball, and then uh, and then Rui on Tobias, which is a really good matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just you, everybody is on Embiid. Right, right. <laughs> just, yeah, that's a that's a five man job right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because that dude can go off for 40, 50, You know, if you're not if you're not playing him right, um, right. So see, I'm just not I'm just not as terrified. I feel I still think the team to, that would hurt us is Brooklyn because they have a Joe Harris. Um, they have guys that can really hurt you on the glass, like Jordan and Claxton. Um, you know, they, they have the guys that can go ISO and can give you a bucket with, with the big three there, you know, they, they have some okay bench pieces. Jeff Green is a killer. So, see, I think that style, I think the style that the Nets run and just in general, the style where it's like, it's more ISO based teams or teams that are perimeter oriented. I think that favors the wizards. Like, if you look at the wins that we have, like the teams that are more like finesse, where we can kind of body them and get, you know, get 60, 70 paint points. I mm-hmm. think we match up well against those teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the teams that can also play that bully ball, you know, that can also go get 60, 70 paint points um, and, and foul us, keep up, keep us in foul trouble. Those teams that I'm like, I don't want to play them in the playoff. Um, and that's why I say with Philly, like, you know, they just going to just abuse our bigs, man. Like, they're just going to abuse them. And they're going to try to create mismatches and switches with Ben Simmons where you find Howell Neto or Bradley Beal on them. And then it's curtains. Because, um, yeah. I mean, Ben doesn't shoot it, but you he's 6'10". And you're going to put a six foot three Bradley Beal on him. You're going to put a six foot Raul Neto on him. He's going to score or he's going to get fouled. And you can't. We aren't deep enough to afford one of those guys being in foul trouble. Not because, you know, because we just don't have a replacement. Like, we're just not deep enough for that. So uh, yeah. that's that's the thing I worry about. Because we already foul at a high rate. Um, yeah. And so you talking about trying to match up with a 6'10 Ben Simmons and, you know, and be like, we we gonna have to, somebody gonna have to step up without guarding without fouling in a series like that. I mean, now this is just spitballing, but so maybe for the Philly series because we don't really have like a true starting five, like the the five and the and the three are interchangeable and can be matchup based. I still yeah. like Len starting, but for the the three or the two or whatever you want to call it, I I don't really care. So maybe this is a situation where against Philly. Maybe you try starting Chandler Hutchison to see how he can do against Ben Simmons or maybe Bonga, you know, and, and just see yeah. how it goes. It doesn't have to last very long, but, you know, just a few minutes. If he picks up a quick foul or two, then you just put Neto in. Yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't be opposed to that. I honestly wouldn't be opposed to going uh, going Bertans at in the lineup with Rui at the three. Like, they would have to do something to me to, to put more size on the floor because, you know, going Bradley Beal at the three with Neto at the two, like, I just think that's food versus, uh, right. versus a team that wants to get paint points. Right. Um, you know, if, like I say, the Nets, they're perimeter-based. Like, they want to shoot jump shots, want to cross you up, get to their mid-game, shoot the three. Like, they not trying to force the issue getting downhill for layups and and and, and dunks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get away with playing Raul Neto. Shoot, Raul Neto probably could even guard KD in some instances because KD's probably. not trying to force the issue to get downhill. He's tr- <laughs> he's just going to shoot over you, you know? Right, right, exactly. So, and that kind of puts, you know, that kind of bails the defense out because you're not put, getting us in foul trouble. We're not in the penalty with six minutes left to go in the game, you know, in the in the quarter. So, uh. <clears throat> yeah, like I said, I, I don't want to play. I don't want to play Philly. Man. I, I just think <laughs> that's that 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 series would stress me out. Unless you telling me we about to sign a, a small forward off the street real quick that yeah, can play some defense, <laughs> like, which is disappointing them, to man. me that they haven't done that because I just feel like for a body, 
Like, it, like, why didn't you guys just sign someone? Even if it's just a guy that you can put into play defense, even if it's a, a Michael Kidd-Gilchrist or, like, a Glenn Robinson or someone, just someone who can give you, like, three maybe... fouls, three, four right. fouls. Yeah, right. like... Yeah, because I mean, I, I <clears throat> Hutchinson, he kind of, he kind of, he like a roller coaster <laughs> player too. Like some he's games, he, yeah. yeah, he's so athletic, man, but he be looking so out of control. Like it's right. like, I don't, he like one of them dudes. He, you know who he reminds me of? Like he reminds me of like the uber athletic football player that plays basketball. <laughs> like, That's like he just all over the place. And it's like, Dude, like sometimes it's like, whoa, like I didn't know he had that. And then other times it's like, yo, what the hell are you doing? Like it's kind of like Uber <laughs> too, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, like relax, calm down. <laughs> right, like, right. why did you shoot that? Like, right. <laughs> like he tried like a spin move. Yeah. And then and it's like, what, yeah, what are you doing, man? <laughs> he thinks he has Kobe's arsenal, and it's so weird to me because it's like, dude, you were <laughs> Before we picked you up, you were literally shooting like twenty seven percent from the field. Like, what are you doing out here thinking you're Kobe? But um, yeah, and- yeah, you had mentioned that, and it was like, yeah, I, he got he got mama mentality for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't. I mean, and, and you like that sometimes, right? But when you got Russ and Beal and like Lopez or Gafford on the floor, it's like those are the dudes that should be taking the shots. Like your only job should be. An occasional drive, like in the off-ball movement, I think is really key. I think out of the guys we have right now, he's probably the best at doing that um, and finding the hole because Russ will find him on a cut um, when Hutch yeah. catch guys yeah. sleeping. So that's yeah. valuable. Um, but he's it's like, definitely really good at that, like kind of just finding a crease in the defense and just running to that spot and then Russell find him in the lane. Um, just kind of like that Otto Porter style, except he's not—he's not like Otto Porter, but in terms of the off shooter, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, nowhere near the shooter. Now, if you know, if that's something that developed all of a sudden in the playoff series, then I would say start him because defensively, right. I think he's athletic enough to kind of stick with anybody as long as he plays smart. Um, mm-hmm. It's just—it's the shooting, and then like like you said, like sometimes with that, oop, like he be having these. Ubre J.R. Smith moments where it's like, what you doing, man? Like, yeah, yeah. why you shoot that? Pass it, pass it, man. Like, but you know, he he is an NBA player. All these dudes are confident to some degree. But which I think is good. And I think again, and going back to Westbrook, his energy and just like his leadership rubs off on these guys because you can tell, like Hutch like respects and looks up to Russ. Like on the court, oh, yeah. you can tell like he oh, goes man. to him and Russ is always coaching him, and Hutch never looks discouraged. He's always taking the criticism. So I, I think that's really good. And I'll tell you what, it, they may not be able to address the small forward this offseason, but, I mean, if Hutchison can can play somewhat under control in these playoffs, and, like, if you start him and he has a really good series or so, and you have to start him going into next year, I mean, you know, it's not the best, but, I mean, you could certainly do worse. And I think he kind of gels, too, because – I think with that off ball also has the the it's defensive the ability. Yeah, the, the motor, yeah. right? Um, yeah, because like when he's on the floor, like his athleticism sticks out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, watching him, like when he jumps, you're like, oh, okay. And even some of the rebounds he goes up and get, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Russ is definitely one of your favorite players, <laughs> like, right? Because he just plays with that type of motor where he like throws his body on the line. That's why I say mm-hmm. to me. He's a clear. He has a clear advantage over Bonga. Like I, I right? Like yeah, just Bonga. Like when he when Bonga hit the side of the backboard, I was done, man. I don't know yeah. if you saw that <laughs> on a wide open three pointer, man. <laughs> I so like, I didn't. On, um, I actually because I was at uh, the Outer Banks this past week, so I didn't get to watch most of the games. I think the game that I got to watch the most of was. The Pacers, um, I tried catch. I caught a, a good chunk of the Bucks game, and then last night I didn't really watch a lot of it. Like I watched the first quarter and then spots in the third and the fourth. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I didn't watch a whole lot of last night. But, yeah, I mean, now that you have Hutchison, um, Bonga really just has no point. He has, like, there's no way he can be back on the roster next year. I mean, if, if you can, if you're, can get him for real cheap, like a million – Maybe a tad over. Like, if if you can't sign a veteran minimum guy, 
then I guess it's whatever. But <clears throat> especially with Hutchison and then Denny coming back off the injury, you and then the possibility of signing Hollandetto. And who knows? Maybe they could look at the offseason this summer and say, you know what? Well, we like starting Howell, Brad, and Russell next to each other. And, you know, so maybe that's just something that they stick with going forward. You know, we don't know how they'll look at that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bonga has, has no business being on the roster, especially after no, the trade. So he, He's fine on the roster. He just needs to be like the 11th, 12th man, like, you know, break glass in case of emergency, like – you know, if like two or three of your wings get injured, then you go to Bonk. But like, he's not a, like, and it's just funny because we were actually considering him being the starter coming into this year. Like, yeah. yeah. And I remember a few well respected uh, report, Wiz reporters that thought he was the favorite. And I'm just like, I don't know what y'all see. I know what the advanced numbers say. But when I watch that man play, I don't see an NBA starter. I just don't. So, uh, yeah, cool guy. He, I'm sure he's a great dude, but nah. <laughs> yeah, he would be one of those like those gadget players that like he's kind of like Alex. So, like you start, but like you know, like on most teams, he's probably not starting. Like you just play him for like five minutes or so, just to kind of get his feet wet, and then you put the the, the backup in or whatever, you know? Yeah, like yeah, here, pick up two fouls real quick. Like <laughs> just yeah. just frustrate this guy. Pick up two right. fouls, and we sending you back to the bench. Right, <laughs> that's it. But going into to the playoffs and to any play, and I, I oddly enough like our versatility and, and our the diversity within our team. All of our centers do something a little bit different. Rui and Bertans kind of give you the best of both worlds. Um, you yeah. know, the, the two guards are fine. We we have some shooting off the bench. We have some athleticism off the bench. Um, Russ has been playing much better. I mean, just, I mean, how confident are you in general and just like the the overall team? And I mean. I know I would have rather preferred a veteran three and have that as your starter, but you know certainly they decided to roll with what they're rolling with. But I mean, just I mean the makeup of the team. I mean, how do you like it? I mean, heading into a play-in scenario or even a playoff series. Yeah, I mean, when I just you know, I, you know, when we talking playoffs and stuff, I don't really look at like record and all of that. Like I look at player for player matchups. Um, and I mean, quite honestly, I think the Wizards could match up with anybody um, outside of, you know what I'm saying, fully healthy, like outside of Philly and maybe the Nets. Like just if you go player for player. Um, the Hawks, I think, could give us a lot of trouble. Like that, like that's the one team, and I know Miami could probably give us some trouble too, but I think the, if there was one team who would give us a fit – like outside of the top three teams, I think Atlanta would give us a real fit, just because they have so much shooting and they have like a an yeah, athletic like, front court. Boat, yeah, the Bojan <clears throat> kind of coming on recently, like kind of changes <laughs> changes their outlook. Like, like, like if, if if the Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals, like I wouldn't be surprised by that. No, like that's a deep ass team, man. Like they got yeah. ten dudes that are like legitimate NBA players. Um, and Trey can go supernova and look like, you know, Steph Curry at times. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I even them, like, because just because they're inexperienced, like they're relying on guys who've never been there. Like Trey Young has never been in the playoffs. Right. John uh, Collins, DeAndre Hunter. John Devin Collins. Hunter. Yeah. They've never been to the playoffs. So you talking about out of your nine-man rotation, six of them dudes ain't have never been to the playoffs. You know, so you you talking about Gal? Who who are your playoff leaders? You know, because they got rid of Rondo. <laughs> you know, so who are your playoff leaders that galvanize you? You know, in these moments to kind of get you into your stuff. Gallinari. I don't know. How many playoff series he been in? I don't know. <laughs> you know he's kind of old now, and I'm like, so I, yeah, I don't I don't know that. That's the only knock I would have on them. It's like when it's when it's winning time, who's the guy that galvanizes you? Because ain't none of them been there before. But you know what I would say to that? And I'm not saying that Trey Young is on their level um quite yet, but remember when we were going into um the the playoff series against the Bulls in fourteen and everyone was like, Oh, the Wizards of have course. no experience, this and that. 
And we came yep. out there and, and we shat on the Bulls. Like that was that was a slaughter. Yeah. You know? And I don't think because I mean, but we did have Nene though. I, I know. I was about to mention him, but how many playoff series had he been in before, you know? If I remember correctly, wasn't he on that Nuggets team that went to the conference finals? Maybe. He wasn't on that team with him. Melo, Kenyon Martin. Yeah, I don't know. I Marcus thought he was on that team. I could be wrong, though. I could be sure. wrong. But either way, it's like our kind of our veteran presence was like Trevor, Ariza, and Nene. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right. But Nene was still a hooper at the time, so. Um, yeah, I mean, he abused him. I mean, that's really what won us that suit. I mean, Nene just, I mean. He <laughs> I mean, just him. a little bit of a flashback here. That was yeah. it was because that was off when uh Joakim Noah had one defensive player of the year and going into that series that it was just so fun watching the day like and the memes were crazy and it's like we were expecting to lose as Wizards fans in like five or six games maybe even get sweep I can't, I can't yeah. believe we came out there one of five and it was mostly because of Nene um Trevor Ariza yeah. and I'm looking right now yeah Nene was on that team. With Melo, mm -hmm. Billups. Uh, yeah, he was their starting center with Kenya Martin. Mm -hmm. That went to the Western Conference Finals versus, uh, uh, versus the Lakers. And yeah. yeah, he was on that team. And then you had Trevor Reza, who won a title with, with Kobe. True. So you had that. Like, I only, the, the Hawks don't have that. Like, they, right. they got <laughs> Gallinari. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. And John Wall also is like we have no idea how Trey Young's skill set will go in a playoff series when it's possession for possession. You need your body every possession. Like Wall was always built for that. Wall was a playoff performer, and we saw that with the the forty point games he would put up, even when he was playing with the hand injury. The incredible performances he was able to put up. He would body you in the playoffs. You know, he'd find guys and tight holes and that sort of thing. You know, so. um the two yeah, totally different players. players. I mean, he was playing at high leverage games in Kentucky, you know, mm -hmm. with 30, 40,000 people. So he, you know, that's a little different with him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, man. Uh, I, I mean, I think we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Like I said, I'm not, when I just look at their roster though and how they match up, I think the Wiz, man, they can, um, they can play with just about everybody, you know. I think so too. Coaching, coaching aside. <laughs> yeah, um, it's gonna really come down to those last five minutes. It's gonna come down to the clutch, man. One possession games. How who execute the best? Who plays defense the best in those in those moments, man? Um, and, and that's where I kind of get a little pause because Scott Brooks, man. I, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I ain't gonna get started on that, but yeah. <laughs> so I mean. So, uh, wrap this up here with a quick little would you rather. Um, so, obviously, let's pretend that Philly's number one, um, Brooklyn's number two, or let's say Milwaukee's number two, and Brooklyn's number three. And let's say the, the Knicks and the Hawks finish at four and five, respectively. Mm -hmm. Would you rather go into the playoffs as the seventh seed and then play Milwaukee round one, but then have the possibility of facing Brooklyn in round two? Or would you rather go to the eight seed? And yeah, you have to play Philly in the first round, but then you could also end up playing the Knicks in the second round. Nah, man, give me give me the highest seed. Give me the seven seed. I don't want to play Philly round one. Okay. I feel like you're going home. Uh give me give me give me the Nets. And round, give me the Nets or the Bucks round, round uh, one, and then you probably will have to play the Nets or the Bucks again in round two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me that. I'd rather go that route. Um, That's fair. You know. <laughs> I think. See, I would like them to get the higher seed too, but I mean, out of those scenarios. I mean, it would be real intriguing to have the possibility of playing the Knicks in the second round. Like, you know, I, cause I think we'd win that probably in like six games max. 
It, it would probably be five or six. And that's if the Knicks get. I don't know that the Knicks get past the first round. Like who would they right. play? They would play right. They would the, play the Hawks. Hawks. And I, and I think the Hawks are probably going to beat them in like five, six games, you know. And, and so. what's to say? And what's to say? Because I saw somebody say that <laughs> the Knicks aren't really out of the playing waters because they could very. I think four through seven is separated by only like two games, so it's right. not like they got it locked up as a four seed. Like is you know that right. Miami could creep up and get the four. Like we we're gonna see these last six games are gonna be real, real important. Um, that's why I kind of like to play in because if it was any other year, these last six games wouldn't mean nothing. You'll have teams dogging it, playing for playoff spots, you know. But nah, these guys are gonna play because they're trying to they're trying to maintain their spot and they ain't trying to be in that plate. So right. So um, so four through seven, Atlanta's played two more games than everyone else. Everyone else has played sixty six games. Um, Atlanta's yeah. played sixty eight. So Atlanta could drop just by virtue of them already have played more games than anyone. Um, And I don't know if if any of those teams between four and seven, I don't know if they play each other uh, to close out the season. Yeah, so four and seven are separated by three games. Miami – no, they separated by two games. I'm sorry. Miami is – Two back of New York, like they Miami could easily be the four seed by the end of the year, which you <laughs> would probably hope for. In terms of a play, now if New York only goes to five or six, and I guess it really doesn't matter. But you know. yeah, I would not want to play Miami in like a play-in because no, I'm good on that too. Yeah. yeah, with Jimmy Butler healthy, everybody there, that squad deep. Yeah, Bam, Bam, Eagle yeah, I'm good. deep. They go 10 deep, and they got one of the best coaches in the game. So, yeah. Do you know what coach circles around Brooks? Like, if we beat Miami, it's because Russ and Beal went supernova, and that's pretty much how that would go. Yeah. Yeah. And Bertans had, like, five threes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, like I say, four through seven, that could get shuffled up real good. Shoot, one through Mm -hmm. three could get shuffled up. And then we'll see how eight through ten looks. Uh, hopefully, we sitting at eight, and it's. Yeah. I would prefer to have Boston in that seven spot if if we ended up getting eight for a play. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think absolutely. they're real. Because <clears throat> I mean, we we have the guys to to rotate on to Tatum and Brown. It's not like we don't have. And it's not that they're that great wing defenders, but it's like we, we just have different guys that we can put on them to, to give them different looks. Like we have Neto, who obviously is our best perimeter defender. Um, we can try putting Matthews on them. We can try putting Hutch on them. We can put Beal on them. We can put Bong on them. But like they have different options and stuff and they can do. And even if you want to try putting, I don't know that I do this for too long, but you could try putting Rui on Tatum and just see how it goes. My thing with Rui is he's still not laterally quick, and that's what would bother yeah, me against guys like that. Yeah, I wouldn't put him on the shifty guys. Yeah. Rui is more so for the guys like a Siakam or Giannis or Kawhi who are more like one or two move type players. Um, but right. them shifty guys will handle, nah, I wouldn't do that to Rui. Yeah. <laughs> Well, which is a real shame that Denny isn't healthy because Denny's a guy that you could probably put on Tatum. Denny can do that. Yeah. Denny, Denny can do that. Man. I just wish Raul Neto was five inches taller, man. We'd be set. We would also probably have to play, pay him like $20 million a year. <laughs> you would. You would. Because he'd be, he'd be a <laughs> six foot six, three and D wing with handle. And 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 averaging two steals a game, like yeah, he would be he would be a commodity for sure. And he, I still think he's going to command a lot of money this summer. Like I think in the group chat, um, what I think Andy posted that in the chat or Andrew, whoever that is, um, like seven years or, or three years, twenty one million seven a year. I mean, uh, I think that that's that's fair, and it'll probably be more than that to be honest with you. Well, that's, if we that's basically like that's basically like mid level exception money though, right? Yeah, but it's like, do you want to spend the MLE on that, or do you want to go and try and get a wing with some length? But then that also depends on where we pick in the draft and who's available. Because like, I think in the draft this year, we probably got to go guard based on who will be available in the spot that we'll be picking. 
See, I don't know about that. I, I think they can go any position outside of. I mean, I'd go any position. Real. I wouldn't take no power forward. I'm going to just tell you that. I wouldn't take no power forward, but uh, they could Unless really you go. still see Rui transitioning <laughs> to a three. Yeah, see, I don't see that. I, I, I don't see. I don't right, see that. and see, I didn't see that either. And that was always, like, Rui to me is, like, strictly a four, and he can give you some small ball five in a stretch, like in a small stretch. Like, like he can Rui, play the three. He can play the three in certain instances. Like I said, if he, like, if he going up against Kawhi or LeBron, um, you know, those bigger, like, plotter guys, yeah. But I don't want... I don't want Rui matched up against a Jason Tatum or uh, I'm trying to think who else played the three really. Uh, Kevin Durant. I I don't think that's a good matchup for him. Um, yeah. But shoot, the Lakers have got Kyle Kuzma playing the three, so I'm like, right. Shit, if he can yeah. do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Kuzma Kuzma has has no business being being yeah. the starting three on any team. Like, sorry. He doesn't have the skill for it. Like, I would rather play Rui at the three than Kuzma because Rui has, like, a repertoire offensively and can guard certain guys. Like, Kuzma can't guard anyone and has no ball handling ability to his name. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think... Yeah, like I said, Rui can play the three, but it's got to be a certain matchup. Like, yeah. Right. So, So, like like you were saying, like, like, if we play Philly... Or, or for example, like if you wanted to see, because my thing, if you start Bertans that series and you put Bertans on Harris, and then that's a bucket. Yeah, but I mean, you could start yeah, hunting Rui. Thing, you know? man, they be hunting Bertans, man. Like I hate watching it, man. It it really it really annoys me when I see him on the court, and like whoever whoever he guarding, they like get the ball to, and they're just like clear out. <laughs> Or they try to screen screen off their man to get Bretons on the switch. And it's just like, all right, clear out. We got our matchup. And I'm just like, Ugh, come on, bro. Come on, Brooks. Get this man out of the game. Like, you see what they're doing. Right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we uh, go on and get out of here? Any prediction for these last five games? Um, I know I asked you this earlier, but any more thoughts on where you think they'll finish? I'm gonna give my final prediction. Hopefully, I'm right. I'll okay. probably be wrong. Uh, Wizards close out five and one. Okay. Uh, with a win over over Charlotte at home, and they get the seven seed, man. I mean, I'm sorry, they get the eight seed for the play in. <clears throat> I don't know if they're gonna win the play in game. I can't bank that, but I, I'm a, I'm gonna go yeah. in and say they get the eight seed. It's too early to tell who will be playing if if we got eight. Yeah, yeah, that is is that still in flux? Whew. Um all right, so you got us going five and one. I, I assume you have that scenario we talked about earlier. I mean they they lose to the they flop one of those games against the Hawks, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those Hawks games are, are on the road too, or like is one at, on the road and then we come home for one? Um, let me double check, but I'm pretty sure it's a one and one. Um, but I can double check. <clears throat> they both in Atlanta. Are they? A... Yeah. What the hell? Oof. Oof. They might That's lose whack, both. man. <laughs> they might lose both. Damn. I don't, that just blew me. I'm, I'm, I might have changed my prediction off of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe you look. I, I don't know. I'll still, I'll still say five and one too. You know what? Why not? I'll be optimistic. Five and one. Wizards finish five and one, and they'll get to thirty. What wins? How many wins do they have at that? How many do they have now? Yeah, we would have to they get have. to thirty-five. Okay, so yeah, they have thirty. Last time right we now. played Atlanta. Last time we played the Hawks. By the way, it was at home, but this was when we were. This was the last Bad. game of us starting three and twelve, and and Trey Young dropped forty one on us. Okay. And uh, actually, let me see. Russ and Bill played well. No, Bill was zero for eight from three in that game. Oof. Uh, 
and we we didn't have another guy in double figures other than uh Garrison Matthews 10 points. Okay, so if we finish if we finished 5 and 1, we would be at 36 and 37, so we'd be one game below um, or sorry, because we have five, so four and one. We're saying no, four and one, right? Five, yeah, have... four, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. 35 wins, so we'd be 35 and 30 37. Seven, yeah, two right, games right, under right. 500, right? Okay, but if we if we finished out the season undefeated, we'd be at 500, right? Which be would be better 36. than, and that would be better than where Charlotte's at right now, correct? Because Charlotte's two games below. Yeah, I got I got Charlotte losing at least three games the remainder of the year. Are there six? Because I think they got six left, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I got them losing at least three of those, which would put them at I think what thirty. I think they're what thirty-two. What are they right now? 30, Charlotte is uh, thirty-two and thirty-four. Yeah, so that would put them right at thirty-five wins. Um, but again, like I said, they hold the tiebreaker, so we need them to lose four. <laughs> need them to lose four. All right. Well, anything else you got before we uh, go on and get out of here? That's all I got. Keep winning. Keep winning. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're we're already here, and there's no way we can probably finish any worse than this at this point. So, I mean, you're here, Wizards. Just win I guess I mean that's what this is all about right this is what the the direction of the franchise has been about is you want to win so just go out there and prove it um all right that's going to do it all for us today for the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast we want to thank you again for uh, tuning in and we'll probably be back I mean if the last game is going to mean anything maybe I mean and I'm sure it'll mean something but if it's like really going to mean something then maybe we'll be back before then but um, if not, the next time we'll probably talk to you guys is once everything is kind of set and we know what the bracket's going to look like and everything. So um, with that being said, like I said, thanks for listening and we will see you next time.